Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamburino. New England's power grid operator made a controversial decision last month that will significantly impact the region's resource mix in the future. That decision, which favors power plant owners, has reignited concerns about the lack of transparency in a system that serves nearly 15 million people. And it's raised questions about how renewable energy sources fit into the power grid moving forward. Consumer advocate folks have said we need regional cooperation when we're thinking about how to move different resources across the country. Maybe those decisions should be more open to kind of public officials and just more open to the public in general. How all of this gets resolved is now up to the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, which could reverse the power grid's initial decision. Today, Politico's Catherine Morehouse on why the New England power grid operator faces scrutiny over transparency and the future of renewables in the region. It's Monday, March 14th. So the rule at the center of this conflict is the minimum offer price rule. And essentially what the rule does is it raises the floor price for resources like wind and solar and nuclear in some cases that are receiving a state subsidy. And the idea was that as wind and solar are becoming cheaper and in some cases where nuclear was getting a lot of help from states, when you saw resources bidding into these grid operator markets, newer resources like gas weren't able to compete as well. And they felt that it was an unfair playing field. But this policy got tremendous pushback from states who said, we made the choice to subsidize these resources. We are making the choice to make our grids cleaner. And the grid operator has no right to kind of come in and usurp our authority. So slowly we've seen these rules get rolled back. And in the New England ISO, it looked like there was also going to be pretty quick rollback. That's what was on the table for a really long time. And then about a week before the vote came, the ISO said, we're going to go with this proposal that was brought forward by some of those gas generators who had wanted the Moper in the first place. And that rule would delay the Moper phase out by two years. And so folks were pretty frustrated about this. They felt like it was kind of unexpected and basically a delay that was not needed. Yeah. Could you dig in a little more on that? Who are some of these market participants that are mad about the New England ISO process? Yeah. So I think the majority of frustration comes from environmentalists, renewable energy groups, distributed energy resource groups, kind of new entrants in the market and folks who want to see a cleaner grid. So they're frustrated because they feel like we've been hearing for months that the ISO was going to get rid of this rule that has frustrated so many people for so long. And then suddenly they once again side with the generators. And they feel like that just kind of shows that the process really favors incumbent power generators and other companies in the market over the needs of the states and over the needs of those states' clean energy goals. So this process that the New England ISO has undertaken here, how does that compare with other grid systems? So the difference between the ISO New England participant process and the process in other 
grid operator regions is, first of all, the stakeholder process is completely separate from the ISO itself. And in New England, the stakeholders come up with their own solutions and have their own meetings. And then they ultimately have the same amount of sway with FERC as the New England ISO. And then within that participant process, it's essentially closed to only folks who are paying market participants. So if you are a journalist, for instance, you would have to go through an extensive process, pay $500 fee to get in and listen to the stakeholder process that basically makes these decisions about where your power comes from. I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about the renewable side of this. Does the structure of the grid system have to do with this issue? So there is a carve out in this rule, I should mention, that actually allows 700 megawatts of renewable energy capacity to not be subject to that raised floor price in the next two auctions. But what people are really concerned about is just that it's a delay in making sure that we get more renewables on this grid and and a delay in diversifying the New England's grid resources at a time when the New England grid is really reliant on gas. But the majority of market participants in ISO New England actually really prefer kind of the more closed-door system. And the reason for that is that they feel like they're able to kind of come up with creative solutions in a way that isn't under so much public scrutiny. So that's kind of the argument for keeping this a little bit more of a private process. So the outcome of this dispute seems like it's it's something that would come before FERC. When will FERC decide in this? And do you have any indication of how the agency might lean? Yeah, so FERC will make the call as to whether or not this phase out is allowed to happen. If FERC decides that two years is too long, then they'll send it back to the grid operator who will have to come up with a new proposal and potentially propose an immediate phase out. People who are for this proposal say it does what FERC wants. It does ultimately end this moper. It just ends it two years down the line, but it's unclear exactly how they will rule because at least two of the FERC commissioners have been really strong opponents of Moper in the past. Also on Friday, the Environmental Protection Agency proposed a plan to reduce interstate ozone-forming pollution emitted by power plants. The policy would eventually expand to cover pipelines, cement kilns, iron and steel mills, and other industrial sources. The plan is part of a number of regulatory actions related to power plants pushed last week by EPA Administrator Michael Regan. Altogether, EPA said that the proposal would reduce emissions across 26 states by 94,000 tons in the 2026 summer ozone season. EPA says the cost of the plan would approximately be a little over a billion dollars and is projected to increase electricity costs by slightly more than 1%. But the agency calculated significantly more benefits related to public health improvements, valued at between $9 billion and $18 billion a year. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that, one day, can help fuel trucks across the nation? 
Find out more at chevron.com forward slash RNG.